Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the latest edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name's Barrett Salee. I appreciate you checking out the show. And man, we have a busy show today. We're going to talk all about the college football playoff. We're going to talk all about National Signing Day and the recruiting process. We're also going to talk about a coach who has a lot more money. Plus a little bit of an uh, announcement after the final segment of the show. But if you're new to the show, if you have not subscribed on iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, plenty of ways to consume college football smothered and covered. And like I say, every single day, I just want to be a part of your college football viewing pleasure. I want to be a part of your College football consumption ecosystem, along with Pate, along with Bakel, along with Cover 3. All those guys do a fantastic job. My goal here is to provide you college football content 24-7, 365, just as those people do. We're not competitors. We're colleagues. We're compa- we are people who enjoy this, want to bring you the best of the best in the world of college football, the greatest sport on This show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-8880515, Coastalvibevacations.com. Look, if you're looking to plan a vacation this summer to the Gulf Coast of Florida, look no further than Coastal Vibe Vacations. They do a great job with one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom condos on Okaloosa Island. If you haven't been to Okaloosa Island, there's a pier, there's restaurants, there's bars, there's water sports, there's entertainment for the entire family. Go to CoastalVibeVacations.com, 850-888-0515. All right. We've talked about this a lot on this show, and we're going to talk about it again. The decision makers... In college football, the decision makers in college football, they hate you. They hate you. While we sit here and talk about how great the sport is on the field and the pageantry, the intensity, all of that stuff, all they care about is money. All they care about is money. They don't see football teams in the college football playoff. They see money. It could be Pip farting on a snare drum like Adam Sandler and Airheads. It doesn't matter. All they care about is money. They get money through access. And that's the crux of what's going on in this discussion of expanding the college football playoff to 14 teams. For those who didn't see it, this is from Yahoo. This is from Ross Dellinger. They are circulating the 14-team playoff. There's momentum building for this. 
and you're talking about automatic bids for multiple conferences. How stupid is this? Three automatic bids for the Big Ten and the SEC, two for the ACC and the Big 12, and then one group of five, and the rest are at larges. This is not what a national championship is. This is not how you determine who the best team in the country is. Do you think a 9-3 and three or a 10-2 and two Big Ten or an SEC team deserves the same shot as an undefeated Big Ten or SEC team or an undefeated ACC and Big 12 team? Absolutely not. What they're going to do is diminish the regular season. They've already done it. They've already diminished part of the regular season. And spare me this idea. Spare me this idea that an expanded playoff will make more meaningful games toward the end of the regular season because teams will be fighting for buys and bids. I don't care about that. Yes, there will be teams fighting for buys and bids. There will be good teams vying for buys and bids. They won't be excellent. They won't be national championship worthy. They'll just be all right. What does that do to the regular season? Yeah, whatever. Lose a couple games. Whatever. More importantly, though, and this gets back to the initial point, they want college football to be like the NFL. Why? Because the NFL prints money. Now, college football does, too. The estimated number is $1.3 billion from ESPN per year for this expanded playoff. So yeah, they see college football. They want it to be like the NFL because they're going to make a ton of money. And it goes back to the original point. They don't care about awarding a national championship. They care about money. Personally, I don't care about the NFL. I think the college football product is much more entertaining than its professional version. Now, I know players will say, well, ultimate goal is to get to the NFL. That's fine. That's fine. There are differences in minor and major league sports all the time. The pitch clock went into effect in minor league baseball long before last year when it was instituted in the major leagues. It doesn't have to be the same. In fact, in college football, it can't be the same. You have 134 teams. You have conferences that are not created equal. So why are you giving automatic bids to teams, to conferences? If you're going to put the top 14 teams in, okay, I wouldn't tolerate it. I'd still hate it, but it'd make more sense than this. Than this nonsense. Three teams from the SEC, three teams from the Big Ten, two for the ACC, two for the Big 12, one group of five. They don't care about awarding a national champion. I fell in love with college football because of Heisman Trophy races, because of teams like TCU making the Rose Bowl, Utah in the late 2000s. Like those, Kansas State with L. Roberson, like those mattered to me. You know what word we did not hear? What two words we did not hear in the BCS era? Meaningful and meaningless. Meaningful bowl, meaningless bowl. Meaningful game, meaningless game. You know why? Because they all meant something. They all meant something. 
That's why I liked college football. That's why I enjoyed college football back then. And that's not to say that I'm not going to enjoy the hell out of college football moving forward because I'm going to work my damnedest to focus on things other than the college football playoff during the regular season because things matter during the regular season that have nothing to do with the playoff. So I'm still going to enjoy the sport. But like the NFL, everything's being condensed. Everything is looking like the NFL. I don't pay attention to the NFL till like conference championship weekend. And okay, it's fine. That's not the product I want. That's not the product I fell in love with. That's not the product I like. And that's not the product that I want college football to be. And how do I know it? How do I know that all they care about is money and access? They're flat out telling you. That's all they care about. This is from ESPN story from Heather Denich and Pete Thamel. Now, look, you can read some of this, but I highlighted the most important part. And if you're listening, go to Rumble, go to YouTube, watch what this is. Look at the highlighted portion of this article. There are three major issues going forward. Access through automatic qualification, division of money, and how the group will be governed. Look at it again. There are three major issues moving forward. Access, money, and governance. You know what words are not discussed in this article? What words are not being discussed behind closed doors? Yeah, they're talking about access, revenue distribution, and governance. Words like excellence. Phrases like settling it on the field. Words like regular season. Words like elite. Words like champion. Those words are not even mentioned in these discussions. You know why? Because they don't care about the actual sport of college football. They see it as a cash cow. And that sucks for you. That sucks for me. That sucks for the players, the athletic departments, and everything else. Sure, they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid. But the people that wanted an expanded playoff now see the slippery slope that we have warned you about. They see that settling it on the field doesn't exist. They don't care because they're telling you they don't care. They're flat out telling you they don't care. In that article, revenue distribution, go back to it every time. In that article, revenue distribution, access, and governance. They earn revenue through access. And when they have the money, they have the power. It really is that simple. They don't care who wins the national championship. They don't even mention it. It's not even being discussed in those meetings. How do I know? Because they are literally telling you. And it's sad. Because all of the people who said, hey, expand the playoff because we're going to finally settle it on the field. Three automatic bids for the Big Ten and the SEC, two for the ACC and Big 12, one for the group of five. It's all about money. They don't care what happens on that field. They just care that teams are playing on that field because all they see is the color of the field itself, and that's green. Hey, college football fans, check out BreakingT.com 
slash smothered and covered breaking t.com slash smothered and covered great viral t-shirts great historic t-shirts they do a great job go to breaking t.com slash smothered and covered breaking t is a great partner they are the best in the business when it comes to wearing the moment and in this day and age going viral is something that everybody should embrace and breaking t.com does a great job of providing Content, providing apparel, items like coffee mugs. Although this isn't one, this is a Sirius XM coffee mug because obviously I need to pub my own employer, other employer as well. But breakingtea.com slash smothered and covered. If you're Braves and go breakingtea.com slash Barrett, you get some Braves gear too. All right. Another thing that popped yesterday, this is from Pete Thamel of ESPN. A lot of governance things happening. This is separate from the CFP folks who are trying to ruin college football. Although, still might be going down that road. Still might be going down that road. NCAA officials are talking about, instead of doing away with the second signing period, which is the early signing period, they want to make three. Let's just make it fatter. Let's just make it bigger. This this doesn't necessarily have a ton to do with money, but Pete says last Wednesday in June, the Wednesday following the regular season and the first Wednesday in February. I like the idea here. The execution is not going to work. The biggest reason is the Wednesday following the regular season. So conference championship games, teams in conference championship games are going to have to try to sign kids under a one-week period. I don't like that at all. The early signing period, the early, early signing period, the last Wednesday in June, all right. That's like, that. that is close enough to where I thought it should be beforehand and where a lot of coaches, including Dan Mullen when he was at Mississippi State, wanted it to be. Because the whole idea, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the whole idea of a second signing day was to get the players who are legacies or have been committed for two years, get it out of the way, let them enjoy their senior season. There are drawbacks to that. And I think the biggest one is that some of the players that sign in December or in February haven't really blown up yet. I mean, we're talking about uh, uh, 15 to 18-year-olds. I know a lot of 15 to 18-year-olds who were small, in ninth grade and monsters in 12th grade. And if you sign a class, if a coach signs a class that is littered with players who sign in the summer, the players who develop late will not have a ton of spots. I was 17 when I graduated high school. I was an, I'm born in August. I was the young kid in my class growing up. I grew a lot from the end of my junior season to the end of my senior year in high school. So you are going to be taking away opportunities for those guys. Is it better than the December early signing period? Yeah, it is. But adding three, that's just going to make things even more difficult from a roster management standpoint. Look, I know they're trying to create more structure, 
in the time period from the end of the regular season through the end of the national championship game. So I admire the effort. I really do. I admire the effort. But it'd be a lot easier just to do away with the, the, the December signing period. Let players enroll early, including players who sign in June. Sign financial aid agreements. And then they all sign their letters. Or the rest of them sign their letters the first Wednesday in February. And to me, that makes more sense. Just go back to what we had before. Now, again, if you're going to add something in early signing period in June, I'm fine with, but it should come with the removal of the signing day or signing period, I should say, in December. And look, I get the, it goes back to something that I've talked about for a long time. The NCAA is trying to stay relevant and they are grasping at straws. Straws everywhere. Is this a, another indication of that? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's another indication that the NCAA is an outdated dinosaur. And Tennessee handed them a massive blow last week when a court ruled that the NCAA can't enforce its NIL rules. So what do they do? Well, you know what? Let's... Let's try to let's try to get that last little bit. Let's try to figure out how we control things. So making things as complicated as possible in the high school recruiting process, it it does. You know why? Because then they can investigate teams that break the rules. Then players and coaches and administrators and compliance departments are going to look at a rule book that already is massive. It's like Homer's The Odyssey out there. It's like not just one encyclopedia book. It's like the whole thing that you used to get in the late 1980s, early 1990s when you were a kid. The door-to-door salesman that used to come to every single house on the block. That's how big the NCAA rulebook is. So let's just make it bigger. Let's just make it bigger. Why not? That'll keep us relevant. That's what the NCAA is thinking. Again, why can't we just have it as the last or the first Wednesday in February. Why can't we have high school signing day the first Wednesday in February? Early signees can go sign their financial aid agreement. They can enroll in school. Totally fine. It worked well back in the day. And remember what it used to do? Every single January, all of us would be dialed in to all these team message boards. Hey, who... What commit who's committed is coming to my school instead of that school? Which one doesn't get to the location? Is there a snowstorm? Is there a reason that four of these guys just suddenly announced official visits? It was awesome. I used to work at at Fox Sports South way back in the day. We had a show called Countdown to Signing Day. And leading up to the Wednesday, the old national signing day, the traditional one, We had shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we had players committing every single day. And we had players telling you why they decommitted, what they thought of a team's last ditch. It was awesome. We don't have that anymore. Now we have the transfer portal. I get there's other things, and the national championship game is going to get pushed back into late January, and okay, fine. But that part of it, the high school recruiting part, was a lot of fun. And and I I definitely miss that. 
Reminder, the show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations, 888-850-8880515, coastalvibevacations.com, 850-8880515. If you're looking for a vacation rental just west of Destin, Coastal Vibe Vacations has you covered, 850-8880515. All right, last thing before we hang up the virtual headsets here on College Football Smothered and Covered. I remember in 2007, 2007 was that wacky year. LSU had two losses and won the national championship. Pitt beat beat Wake Forest in the backyard brawl the final weekend of the season, which allowed LSU to slide on into the BCS championship game. But part of that was Kansas. Kansas was a darling all year. They lost in the final couple of weeks. They fell out of the national championship hunt. And even though it was one of the best seasons in Kansas history under Mike Mark Mangino, that sort of signaled the end of Kansas football. Until the last couple of seasons, when Lance Leipold, who was awesome at Buffalo, gets that job at Kansas and suddenly makes Kansas relevant to the point where college game day was in Lawrence. Now, the 2023 season, that was remarkable. 2022 started out with a bang, sort of fell off at the end, but still, and then obviously um, it set Kansas up for a pretty solid run. He's getting broken off, folks. Check this out. Kansas's Lance Leipold gets a raise to over $7 million per, re- per year. That's from Thamel at ESPN. The number jumps out because you look at it, you say, you know what? Is he really worth $7 million? He hasn't won a a Big 12 championship. He hasn't played in a Big 12 championship game. He hasn't sniffed the college football playoff. He really hasn't sniffed a meaningful bowl. But yeah, he is worth $7 million. Why? Because that's what the market dictates right now. One of those college football playoff coaches like Sark or, or Kirby or whoever, Harbaugh, before he left, they're worth $10 million. They're worth eight digits. A coach who is slowly building a program to the point where it's competitive and recently broke off one of the best seasons in program history, at least in a generation, yeah, he deserves $7 million. Plus, don't get me wrong, like if there was a vacancy this offseason, any single vacancy, I forget how many there were, 30 of whatever it was, Lance Leipold got called. His agent got called. Now, I think for a lot of those, he said, yeah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, which is exactly what he should have done because the path is going to be a lot easier at Kansas with Texas and Oklahoma gone to the SEC. Now, I know the Arizona schools and Colorado and Utah are in, whatever. Like Utah stuff, the rest of them I don't really care about. But good for Kansas, good for Lance Leipold. I like the fact that Kansas is married now to a coach who I think can build them into a team who, that it, look, they're not going to make the Big 12 championship game every year. Could they be Kansas State right now? Probably not. They're not at that level yet, but give it a couple years. And maybe Kansas unseats Kansas State as that team that is always kind of around nine wins, sometimes makes it to the Big 12 championship game, has itself a day like it did two years ago, and you know makes a decent bowl game. Makes the Sugar Bowl. I don't think Kansas is there yet, but under Lance Leipold, 
they can be that team. They can be a team that almost every year goes to a really good non-New Year's Six or whatever they're going to call it now, bowl. And sometimes breaks through that barrier like Kansas State did two years ago. I know Kansas State fans don't want to hear that because they're a rival, Sunflower State. I know I get it. It's a very underrated rivalry, but I do think Lance Leipold can get them to that point because Lance Leipold is that good of a coach. So good for him. Good for Kansas State for understanding how good he is. And I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. That'll do it for this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. I really appreciate you checking the show out. If you're new to this, subscribe, like, all that other stuff. I would really, really appreciate it. It is announcement time. I will be writing again. This is sort of something that's been in the works for a little while now. I love going independent, but still going to dabble in writing as well. Going to be writing for OutKick, so uh, check them out. Uh, first article's coming up eh, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe uh, in a week or so because I am going on vacation starting Sunday for a week. Kids got spring break. Yeah, it is spring break the first week of March. That's how they operate. I don't really know why, but we'll be riding for OutKick uh, for a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Maybe something bigger. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But it's going to be fun to get back into the writing business as well. But I still love you. I hope you love me. So write a review. If you don't love me, write a review too. I want to know what you like. I want to know what you dislike. Give me five stars. If you want to give me one star, that's totally fine. But I want to know what you want out of this show. Because like I've said multiple times, college football is the most undercovered sport in the world. And these folks out here in the new media space, myself, Pate, Piquel, uh, Bratton, Connor O'Gara, who we had on the show yesterday, all of us are in this together. We want to provide you your college football fix because nobody else in the mainstream media is doing it. So it might as well be new media. So give us a like, all that stuff. Until tomorrow, have a great Thursday, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.